1: With every great opportunity, there must accompany it a great challenge. And the challenge in the text I've selected to present that challenge is an Old Testament verse in Ezra chapter 7 and verse number 10. Ezra 7 and verse 10. The Bible says, For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it, and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. The context of the verse is one of the greatest narratives of the Old Testament. The Jews have been in Babylonian activity and they are coming out of exile and going back to Israel and specifically to the city of Jerusalem. They don't all go at one time. Some go with Zerubbabel, who basically is given the task to rebuild the temple. Some go with Nehemiah, who's given the task to rebuild the walls. And then some go with Ezra, who's called to reestablish the Jewish system of worship. So it is in the lives of these three and many others, we have written in the Bible, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, as well as other references in the Minor Prophets to what is happening during these years. What is exciting is that many of the people who are used in this context were actually living in obscurity. They weren't well-known. They weren't probably those who were, so to speak, expected to end up making an impact and being in leadership. But God, as he always does, uses prepared people. And I want to say specifically that in this verse, the Bible teaches us that God uses people with prepared hearts. Students, God, as Pastor Tice made so clear to us, and as the Holy Spirit during the days of convocation drove powerfully into all of our hearts, and on that last night, I tell you, I was moved deeply in my soul, Dr. Cochran, as he rattled off thirty-six alumni that he said just came to his mind and heart as casually he sat down with a piece of paper and a pen and started to jot them down. Undoubtedly, there are many more he could have stated. But I love the way he concluded that illustration by saying, your turn is next. Students, God wants to use you. He wants to use you as mechanical engineers. He wants to use you as graphic designers. He wants to use you as teachers and nurses. He wants to use you as pastors and youth pastors and missionaries. He wants to use you as homeschool mothers. He wants to use you in a plethora of ways. But in preparation for that day, he wants to use you right now and in preparation for that day, and you being used right now, he wants you to have a prepared heart. You say, Dr. Munch, how can I have a prepared heart? Ezra 7 and 10 teaches us three actions that must be implemented in the life of the individual spiritually if they are going to have a prepared heart. Notice with me, number one, they must be committed to a mastery of the Word. The Bible says, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. That's a reference to the Word of God. The heart has many different usages in the Bible. In John 14, it refers to the emotions. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. In Hebrews 4.12, it refers to the intellect when the writer of Hebrews says that the Bible is the discerner, literally the analyzer, the critic, if I may say it that way this morning metaphorically, of the heart. It refers to how the heart being the intellectual side of our being. In the Old Testament, a verse you know well, Daniel 1 and verse 8 says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. That verse and that usage of the heart refers to the will. So the heart in the Bible... Many times, as it does here in Ezra 7 and 10, references that master control, the combination of our emotions, our intellect, and the will. Ezra says, I was able to step before a pagan king, Artaxerxes, in 458 B.C., And God says about him that I was able to use him and have what seemed to be an unbelievable request granted that he would be allowed to take people furthermore out of captivity and go back to Jerusalem and restore the Jewish system of worship. Now, he was a scribe, that was his skill. THAT WAS HIS CALLING, THAT WAS HIS GIFTING. So the literary inquiry of scripture was something that occupied his life day by day but student the application is rich for every one of us we are in a place that with activities and events that have been so carefully collected and curated and the centerpiece for them all is the bible if we come to chapel if we hear the bible if we go to church Pastor Redland opens the Bible and we go to to meetings in the residence halls and we hear the Bible and we turn on our our ministry radio station and we hear the Bible and if we are not careful we grow accustomed to not really having our antenna, antenna up to listening when God speaks through his word a number of years ago I had a Class from a man whose name maybe wouldn't resonate to you, students, because of his age. He's now in heaven. It would resonate with our Bible faculty because his name was Warren Worsby. I had a class from him, Dr. Adkins, when he was 80 had a class from him on biblical metaphors. We spent a week starting in the Old Testament and going all the way through the New Testament and studying biblical metaphors. But, but he would editorialize in, in, in class tell us different things that he liked to do in his life. He said that at that age he was no longer pastoring and no longer on on the radio every day as he had been for years. And so he said that when he and his wife would go to church on Sunday and they would come home and she was getting dinner on the table, he would go down into the basement where he had his 14,000-volume library. And he said every Sunday he would pull out one of Spurgeon's messages and read it because Spurgeon fed his soul. Warren Wiersbe said to us one day, editorializing, he said, I always taught the people in my church when I pastored not to take notes. What? Dr. Atkins, I thought, not take notes. Dr. Rushing, they violated the cardinal rule of being a good listener. If you're a good listener, you take notes. But then he went ahead and explained He said, I never want to diminish the immediacy, the power of the working of the Holy Spirit. And he said, every time you get up to preach and teach, the Holy Spirit is working within the heart. Jesus Christ is present. God is smiling with favor from heaven. All the work of the Trinity is involved In you preaching and teaching the Word of God, if that's your calling and gifting. And he said, too many times people are writing. And I'm one of those guys, I I just have to tell you, uh, I don't like it with these fill-in-the-blanks because you know what happens? I'm listening to somebody speak and i got to fill in the blank. So many times I, I, I end up missing it. And I'm looking around me to get that last word to fill in the blank. And I'm missing all the good things. And that's exactly what he was saying. He was saying, hey, if you are tuned in, don't give your energies to be writing everything down, and if you're here this morning writing things down, I'm not saying you can't do that. My point being, wherever the word of God is given, don't ever take it for granted, but say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. May I say, young person, you are a child of privilege. Oh, Dr. Mudge, no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You're on a campus, you'll live like millionaires. Yeah. You'll probably never live in buildings the rest of your life like these. Yeah. You'll never live in a neighborhood that's as nice as the campus of Pensacola. But let me say, far beyond that, you say, well, being a child of privilege is, is, is wearing designer shoes. Having nice handbags. Wearing, wearing, wearing certain blue jeans. No, no, no. May I just tell you, the greatest child of privilege, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, This know that in the last days perilous times shall come. Hey, Hey, students are here. Hey, don't be doom and gloom. I believe before you are some of the greatest days to serve the living God. He went on and he said, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, Literally mature, truly furnished unto all good works. You are a child of privilege because from the days of your youth, you have the opportunity to have a life and a student experience that's saturated with Scripture. Seize it, seize this great opportunity. Yes, Ezra had a heart that was prepared. That preparation involved a mastery of the Word. But that preparation involved, secondly, a mobilization of the Word. A mobilization. He prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord. And then these next short little verses. And... Do it. Dr. Shetler was here and spoke for the Alumni Chapel. He's coming back to preach for Bible conference. One day he said to me, Greg, the easy part is preaching. He said, the struggle in my life is practicing what I preach. That's true for all of us. It's one thing to learn the Scripture and to know that content. It's a whole other matter to submit yourself to it in such a way that it becomes a part of your character. To do it. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi and said in Philippians 4 and verse 9, he talked about, but those things which ye have, Received and learned and heard and seen in me. And there it is: Do. Dr. Phillips, why is doing so hard? James said in James: 122, "Be not hearers only, but doers. Any of you could quote Joshua 1:8 this morning, "This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to what to do." Now how do you do that? By the power of the Spirit of God, you take your sluggish heart. you take your dull heart. You take your deceived heart that, by the way, we all have. Oh, oh, we all sit up here this morning and we all look so good. But you know what the Lord sees as he looks down? There's not a one of us in this hall that doesn't have a wicked heart. But praise God when the Lord saves us and his Holy Spirit comes to reside within us and we have the precious word of God to study and to give ourselves to and to become students of and, and to every time it, it, it's opened and spoken or played in music that the intent of our hearts can, get, can go up and we can receive it. Guess what? The next step is we submit to it. Then we can begin to practice it. Dr. Atkins, I've I've had something on my mind lately. Hey, I can remember when I was the the age of these college students. Yeah. You know what ends up happening? Our faculty are going to relate to this. The years go by. You don't realize how quickly they go by until you look in the mirror. (laughs) Hey, I still feel like you college students on the inside. I really do. But you know what? As Dr. Adkins said to me last week, (laughs) what reality hits when you look in the mirror? So I've been thinking about something. You need not turn there, but I've been thinking about, of all things, the fifth commandment. Exodus chapter 20. It's It's the first commandment that's called in the Bible the commandment with promise. Why? Because there's a promise that accompanies it. Thou shalt not kill, there's no promise. Thou shalt not commit adultery, there's no promise. But then you come to that fifth commandment where the Bible says, honor thy father and mother. And then you go to Ephesians chapter six where the Bible says, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Yeah, it's right. But then it goes on to the next verse and says, honor thy father and mother. And here it is, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long on the earth wow hey hey don't raise your hand this morning student well let me ask you how many of you want life to go well for you don't raise your hand oh no you say dr much i just want calamity i just want tough time I want my car to break down all the time i don 't want to get a good job that 'll pay me a good wage. No, 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 I just want a tough life. Not a one of you on there wants that. How many of you want to live a long time? How many of you want to have a long life? you don 't have to raise your hand, but if we were, it might be the first one up because i 'm a lot older than you are, and you know what? If God wants me to go home tomorrow i 'm ready to go. but guess what i 'm not packing my bags. <laughs> I want to stay. (laughs) I love what I'm doing. I love the fourth quarter. I love being with you college kids. I love being a part of Pensacola Christian College. I just love it. If God calls me home tomorrow, I'm ready to go. But you know what? I'm praying for a long life. People say, Dr. Munch, want to have a long life? Get, get, get that subscription for, for the gym and get down to the gym and get working out. And hey, Hey, by, by the way, I'm not opposed to that, but can I just tell you what the Bible says? You want to live a long life? God's commandments are simple. You know one way to do it? Honor your mom and dad. What does that mean? It means to esteem them, to highly prize them. Oh, you say, my mom and dad aren't saved. It doesn't matter. You say, my mom and dad haven't done everything right. None of them have. (laughs) No. You don't honor them because of that. It's unconditional. Honor your mom and dad. Wow. You know the commandment. Let me just ask you. Are you doing it? I can't help but believe in a crowd this big that there's some kids who left home at Christmas, and you know what? You had some harsh words. I encourage you. This happens in relationships. Get it right. I graduated from high school, I was away from the Lord. God got a hold of my heart through a car accident, and I transferred to a Christian college. Boy, I was excited to be there. And, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a, a verbal guy, and at night when we got in the room, and my roommates were there, and everything was, the day was over, I liked to talk. When it came time for the lights to get off, I didn't want to shut the lights off. Now, man, you guys haven't made no lights out. <laughs> hey, in my day, there was lights out. But you know what I remember? I remember a guy came in, name was Lynn Snyder. He said, hey, Greg, you need to shut these lights off. Next night he came back and I was talking. He said, Greg, you need to shut the lights off. I'll give you one more warning. Tomorrow night you get demerits. He came back. I was chatting away the next night. He gave me demerits. But before he walked out the door, he looked at me and he said, you have a problem. Greg said it lovingly. Just spoke from his heart. He said, you have a problem with the Word of God. He said, what? I said, Lynn, come on over here. You said, huh? I said, I've transferred here the best of my ability. I love God. I want what he has. I don't have a problem with the Bible. Well, then, Greg, he said, you just need to obey it. Wow. No problem. Lights out, guys. prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord to master it and to do it to mobilize it but here we are and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments that's to minister it Wow, that's what these guys are up here doing. That's why the special chapel today. You say, Dr. Munch, I can't do it. I'm not one who can knock on doors. That's not my personality. Hey, come and get into some other area of ministry. But you know what, your coast is gonna be enlarged. You're gonna be stretched. You're gonna be challenged. But you know what you need. You must do? You can't just take in the scriptures and just apply it to your own life. You know what you must do? You must take it and give it to others. Paul said to Timothy, take that gift in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Sure up that gift that's in you because God hath not called you. God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Last week, I met a young man. His name's Loyal. You know a great name? I've never met anybody with a guy with a name Loyal. He's from Thailand. I met him and I said to him, brand new student. And by the way, if you're a new student this semester, we're thrilled you're here. I know we're all busy in the routines of life that we've been in since the beginning of the semester, but we're thrilled you're here. If you have a question, you come and see us. But loyal in talking with him, I said to him, how did you find out about Pensacola? How did you come here? He said, Dr. Much, a missionary. I have thought about that, loyal. You're in the crowd this morning. Praise God, you are. But you know what? Somewhere along the line, there was a missionary who Gave himself to the Word of God, submitted to it, and then said, by the grace of God, with my limitations, I'm going to go minister it to others. Student ministry always begins in our own Jerusalem. And for you during these days, it's Pensacola. I encourage you, go and sign up. Look at the opportunities. Talk to others. And let's have a great semester in Christian service, with lives saved, encouraged, discipled, and changed because you have prepared hearts.
0: You've been listening to a message from Pensacola Christian College Chapel. You're welcome to pass this sermon along to others. Please don't charge for it or alter it without written permission from Pensacola Christian College. For additional information about PCC, visit us online at pcci.edu. Pensacola Christian College, empowering Christian leaders to influence the world for Christ.